Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Up next, the big day for a Yale research scientist is fast approaching. She was due to be married in about five days. And then she disappears. Is this a case of a runaway bride? A Yale University graduate student who is supposed to get married this weekend has suddenly vanished. This image shows the last time she was seen on surveillance video. On that day, we saw Annie going in. But she's never seen coming out. You don't get in or out without being captured on camera. People don't simply vanish. Or do they? Yale is one of the oldest and most respected universities in America. Founded in 1701, the campus is dotted with beautiful buildings designed by generations of noted architects. But few people would call the building known as Ten Amistad distinctive. In fact, it's designed not to attract attention. Ten Amistad is very nondescript. Um, for reasons. It's a research facility. So there are all types of highly confidential, multi-million dollar research that is done from foundations and organizations from throughout the world. One of the Amistad researchers was Annie Lay, a 24-year-old doctoral student of great ambition and brain power. She didn't go out much. She had a very strict routine of going to work at the lab, her studies, and back home. On the morning of Tuesday, September 8th, 2009, Annie followed her usual routine. The building where she worked required people to log in using an electronic key card. Her movement after going into the building, she went into her lab, which was G13 and she logged in there a little after 10 in the morning. At 11 o'clock that night, Annie's roommate called police. Annie hadn't come home. Even more concerning to this roommate was that Annie never called. She would always hear from Annie a couple times throughout the day, and she never did. Normally, police are slow to move on missing persons cases. Most people turn up within a day or two. But Annie was known for being so reliable that, in her case, police started right away. The nervousness about the community was very real. 
from the president of Yale University all the way down to the students. With her wedding just five days away, police thought Annie might be a runaway bride. But this theory was quickly discarded. They actually started to look to see what Annie Lay's credit card activity was and try to see if she just took off. And that was not the case. There was no credit card activity, phone activity, or anything from Annie Lay. In fact, her purse and her cell phone were still in her office. She didn't take anything with her. That was a big issue. People just don't leave that type of stuff behind. And everyone who knew Annie said she was excited about her upcoming wedding. She actually already started to sign her future married name to certain things. Investigators now went frame by frame through the hundreds of hours of security video from in and around the Amistad building. Ted Amistad has 70 or so surveillance cameras covering every entrance and exit to the building, so you don't get in or out without being captured on camera. We could see Annie Lay coming into the building, and she was wearing a brown necklace, she had a brown skirt, she had a blouse on. As far as we know, she never left the building after going into it on September 8th. Days passed, and there was still no sign Investigators had to consider the possibility that someone had harmed Annie Lay. She was so small, less than five feet and under 100 pounds, that police believed an attacker might have been able to kill her and get her body out of the building by using one of the large garbage receptacles in Ten Amistad. Dumpsters were checked. Investigators went to the dump and went through all the trash to see if there was any evidence of Annie Lay, and none was found. All investigators had was this image. And in it, Annie looked perfectly happy, perfectly healthy, just like it was any other day. Except, of course, that no one could find her. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yale University and the city of New Haven were desperate for answers after graduate student Annie Lay seemingly vanished from campus in September of 2009. I've been in conversations with Annie Lee's family. All of us who are parents can only imagine what they are going through. With no logical explanation for where Annie had gone, investigators turned to a darker theory about what might have happened to her. Everybody's a suspect. 
in all the cases, everybody's a suspect. Loved ones, friends, last person with them. You know, you, you got to keep an open mind. Detectives questioned her husband-to-be, Jonathan Wadowski, a student in New York City, about 90 minutes from Yale. But he had a solid alibi. There was no reason to believe that Jonathan was at all involved in this. Then, on Sunday, five days after Annie Lay disappeared, detectives were alerted to a basement bathroom in the 10 Amistad building. All of a sudden, I smelt a, a weird smell. And I, I stood there and I looked and I went, that's decomp. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? Behind a metal wall panel about 13 inches across, investigators found Annie Lay's body. She'd been sexually assaulted and stuffed behind the wall. A broken jaw and collarbone indicated a crime of extraordinary violence. Annie was still wearing surgical gloves, indicating she had been working when attacked and was likely caught unaware. No murder weapon was recovered. It appeared her killer had used his bare hands, a possible indication of a spontaneous attack. The coroner said the cause of death was strangulation. The Yale community and the country at large were shocked by the uncommon violence of this murder. And even more tragic, Annie's body was found on what would have been her wedding day. What could possibly be worse than having her body found on the day she was to be married? The pressure to find who did this and how it could have happened on a campus with such a large security presence was immense. The FBI was involved, the New Haven police was involved, the state police was involved, and the Yale police force were all involved. There's a meeting probably with 40, 50 detectives. Everybody's in that one room, just trying to figure out what we have. Dozens of items found with the body were sent to forensic analysts. One of those items didn't seem to fit with the other evidence. Found underneath Annie Lay in that wall was a green pen. And that was very important to this investigation. DNA tests were done on Annie's clothing and the green pen, as well as in the area where Annie's body was located. In a startling development, DNA from two different men was recovered from the area behind the wall. Both DNA samples were entered into CODIS, the national DNA database. In a crime this brutal, it was likely Annie's killer had been violent before and that his DNA would be in the system. Sure enough, Analysts got a hit. A DNA profile came back, and it came back to a convicted felon. His name was Kieran Robinson, and he was convicted in 2001 on drug charges. Now investigators were sure they had a positive lead on a suspect, until the background check on Robinson came in. It turned out that the person who was the convicted felon had worked building the building, and then he was killed, shot in a bar sometime before Annie Lay had gone missing. A dead end. And even worse, the other DNA profile turned up no matches in the CODIS database. As the investigators used video surveillance to check every person who went in and out of the Amistad building, they turned to yet another aspect of Yale security that might reveal Annie's killer, employee key cards. Those cards kept track of everyone's movements in the building, 
at all times. The key card system is something that is done to secure the research that's being done in rooms, who has access to it, and who goes in. That information can be used to track people's activity over weeks, even months. And the investigation showed that one person's activity underwent a big change right about the time Annie Lay went missing. When we were looking at who may have gained access, we saw one person kept going into Annie's research room, utilizing his key card. He was the last person that swiped into the lab that Annie had been seen in. On the day Annie Lay went missing, shortly after she was last seen alive, a fire alarm went off in Tan Amistad. It turned out to be a false alarm, but everyone was forced to leave the building. And all that video surveillance was viewed by the police time and time again, and Annie Lay never left the building during the fire alarm at 12.55. So if Annie didn't evacuate Tan Amistad, she was probably dead before the fire alarm went off. But who had killed her and why? Investigators used employee key cards to retrace Annie's final steps. You needed a key card to get into certain rooms, including the one where Annie would do her experiments. Key card records showed that room, a lab known as G13, was Annie's last known location and some potentially interesting things were turning up there. Another student uh, tipped off a Yale police officer that she had seen what she thought was blood on a box of wipes on a cart, and it turned out that that was indeed blood. There would be no reason for blood to be in the research room. While this blood was being tested, a police officer was posted to guard the room, which technically was not yet a crime scene. The lab was not closed down when Annie went missing. Multi-million dollar research is being conducted in that facility. And there was no reason to close it down. But the police presence didn't stop a lab worker named Raymond Clark from attempting to handle the blood-stained box of wipes, a potential piece of evidence. Raymond Clark entered the room, and he walked over near the cart, made some small talk with the officer, and then moved this bloody towel dispenser to a different part of the cart where the blood wouldn't be as obvious. Raymond Clark was a 24-year-old lab technician. Like Annie, he was engaged to be married. He was not a graduate student. He was an, a Yale employee. He basically took care of the animals, cleaned up after them, took care of them, in fact. So he would have had access to every lab. But Clark's past was not without some red flags for investigators. One of Ray's former girlfriends had actually reported domestic violence. So there was a side of Raymond Clark that was not told to us up until we started digging. Keycard activity showed Clark was in the G13 lab the same time as Annie, and they were alone. Raymond Clark entered that room and stayed in that room for approximately 46 minutes. There was nothing particularly unusual about this, but since it appeared Clark might have been the last person to see Annie alive, he was brought in for questioning. 
Raymond Clark was very cooperative in the process. But now investigators were taking a closer look at Raymond Clark. And in the security footage, they found something haunting on the day Annie was killed. After the fire alarm, when every employee of the Amistad building was evacuated, Clark's behavior seemed highly suspicious. We actually saw Ray Clark exit the building, go across the street, and sit on a wall. And he looked distraught. He actually was sitting there and put his head down on his hands, and it's all captured on video. His face is actually in his hand, and he's kneeling forward, and he actually looks like he almost passes out and falls into the street. So he's definitely under a lot of stress in that video. But what was Raymond Clark stressed out about? And was it a coincidence or something worse? That he was acting this way just after Annie Lay was murdered. When Raymond Clark was first questioned about Annie Lay, he said he had no idea what happened to her and that he and Annie were co-workers, nothing more. But on the day Annie was killed, his key card showed him moving, a lot, between Annie's last known location, a lab called G13, and a seldom used storage area called G22, just down the hall. Detective Insalaco had become convinced that the G22 storage room would connect Raymond Clark to what happened to Annie Lay. I said, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna turn off the lights, we're all gonna get down real low to the ground, and we're gonna use our flashlight, I'm gonna side light the floor. On the floor of the storage room was the usual dust and debris, but there was also something else. I immediately saw a brown bead with a hole in it. Why was this important? Because Annie was wearing a beaded necklace the last time she was seen alive. And the bead was found in a room Raymond Clark had gone in and out of 11 times. And Annie's key card showed she had never swiped into this room herself. So finding a bead on the floor was huge. Then, above the ceiling tiles near the storage room, Investigators made more ominous findings. They found a sock with blood on it and a glove and a ceiling panel that they also sent to get uh, tested for DNA. This was later found to have Annie's blood and DNA from Raymond Clark. More incriminating evidence was found in a nearby laundry bag that had never been searched. When I dumped it out, I automatically saw blue pair of scrub pants. I saw dark dried blood on those pants. And it, I, I just looked at it and went, there's his pants. And those pants contained a mixture of Annie's blood and semen, later matched by DNA to Raymond Clark. Even the pen, which had intrigued investigators ever since Annie's body was found, implicated Clark. That pen really started to connect things together for us. Raymond Clark habitually signed in and out of laboratory logbooks with a green pen. But in the middle of the day, just about the time Annie disappeared, he switched to a black pen. 
Detectives believe Raymond Clark dropped the pen by mistake as he stuffed Annie Lay's body behind the bathroom wall. All of us that worked on the case were 100% confident that Raymond Clark was the person that murdered Annie Lay. Further proof came from a physical check of Clark. It showed he had recently been in a violent altercation. He had minor cuts on his head and face. You want to know what compels somebody to violently attack a coworker with no provocation. To this day, no one knows. And Raymond Clark isn't talking. He was a foot taller than Annie and more than twice her weight. Prosecutors believe this was an unplanned attack and that she didn't stand a chance. However it started, the evidence is clear. Raymond Clark strangled and sexually assaulted Annie in the G13 lab. During this altercation, blood, later matched to her, landed on objects in the lab, including the box of wipes that Raymond Clark later tried to hide. In an attempt to cover up the crime, investigators theorized he may have used the large rolling tables in the building to move Annie's body to a more isolated area, the storage lab known as G22. His key card showed a flurry of activity between Annie's lab and that storage area just after Annie's key card activity stopped. His clothes, with his DNA, were covered with her blood and were later found in a laundry bag. He was able to get Annie to a nearby bathroom and stuffed her body behind the wall where he dropped his green pen, covered with his DNA. Raymond Clark was able to hide Annie's body at least for a while. But he couldn't hide the evidence that tied him to her murder. There was a woman that had a lot to live for, you know. She was about to get married. She was clearly a brilliant graduate student. Who knows what she would have gone on to study or become. And her life was cut short. It was a senseless murder. In March of 2011, Raymond Clark pled guilty to first-degree murder and sexual assault. He was sentenced to a minimum of 44 years in prison. But one question, perhaps the biggest of all, remains unanswered to this day. The why, his side of what had happened, and the why. The state's case was that he sexually assaulted her and then killed her to cover up that crime. Investigators describe Annie's murder as one of the most bizarre they've ever encountered and they're grateful for the science that finally revealed what happened to her. Forensic evidence was very important. It was what made the case. It allowed a quick suspect to be developed. It allowed a quick arrest to be made. And it made an incredibly strong case for the state. Annie would have changed the world with her research and for what she wanted to do to make the world a better place. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I dot com.